Welcome to this week's episode of BusinessWise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian, philosopher, and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. If you want to be a successful entrepreneur, it would be best not to be allergic to hard work. Uh, episode 16 of Volume 1 of BusinessWise, we go over the affluence attainment formula. And I recommend that episode to you if you want to achieve an affluence in your life uh, or your business. And not to be a spoiler, but hard work is the first step on that formula. But it's not the only step by a long shot. You can work hard and not do the other steps and not achieve affluence. But it is a component part of attaining affluence. So you can type in affluence attainment in the search bar of the homepage of this podcast, business-wise, it'll pull it right up out of the archives. But what is not so pleasant is hard, sweating work. Now, most of us enjoy hard work, and if we are outside in the hot sun swinging a sledgehammer, we, we don't mind the sweat. But who likes to sweat with stress as you handle the flaps that come rolling up your way as a business owner? particularly customer complaints and requests for refunds and that sort of thing. So you run around like a maniac coping and putting out fires, you know, sweating, but that's not the kind of sweat we really enjoy, is it? That is one kind of hard work I can do without the hard work created by others who have not maintained the ideals and standards you're trying to establish for your company. Okay, so now I'm sure all of you keep a gross income statistic. If you keep one statistic, it's probably your gross income, I would, I would bet. And you, but you may not be graphing it. If you don't uh, keep gross income, well, that's pretty basic. So you might want to start keeping it and graphing it weekly on a line graph. You mark the points according to time and you have the quantity going up the vertical axis and you just go from one week to the next. You draw a line from one to the next. You can see whether it's going up or down every week. Now, if you insist, you can keep it monthly, but that's not necessary. But you, but you manage, if you use the Hubbard Management System, you, you manage weekly. So you need to keep weekly stats. So if you want to keep monthly, that's up to you. I don't recommend it particularly, but weekly you must keep if you're using the Hubbard Management System. Now, there's another statistic you should keep. At, well, there's a lot of statistics you should keep, but there's one that you may not be keeping, and that is called corrected gross income. Now, the corrected gross income is an adjusted income figure. It's the amount of the total income for a week that is available to the organization for its use. So there are certain items that are counted as part of the gross income that would not be used by the organization in determining its financial planning amount for the week. Like what money do we have to spend for the week, you know, for salaries and set-asides for rent and the rest, uh, promotion and so on. Uh, well, for example, money that, you know, if you're in the construction business or if you're in, a, in a, a business that involves a lot of use of materiel or materials like lumber or concrete or the cost of those materials are not obviously available for use by the organization to pay salaries and so forth. So that would not be put into the regular allocation for the organization to spend. It would be taken off the top, basically your material costs. Uh, other items that could be subtracted from the total income would be something like uh, sales tax. That's not your money. You know, you can count on your gross income, but you don't have that available to spend. The other thing would be bounced checks. And, of course, refunds. So you might have a gross income 
uh, $100,000 that week, but you have a $25,000 refund that you have to pay back, that would be taken off the top and you would correct your gross income figure. You would come up with what's called the CGI or corrected gross income figure. Now, with this statistic, you're always going to have a gap. Let's say you're in construction, and as we mentioned before, and you're deducting material costs from your gross income, there will tend to be an average or, quote, normal, end quote, gap. But if you see that gap widening and going outside of what you might call normal, just as an aside, you know, if you're in construction, I may as well say this. You don't make the mistake, you know, of spending the money that's supposed to be going on material. Always take that off the top in your corrected gross income figure. So if you do a job, you get paid for the job, the amount that is set aside for the material comes off your gross income figure and you then are left with a corrected gross income figure. Every now and again, I'll run into a, a member in the construction, usually a pretty new member, and they spend that money and all of a sudden they don't know what to do to come up with money for material. So that's why you deduct your material costs uh, in construction. But there's other, uh, obviously many types of businesses have material costs and those should be deducted for your corrected gross income figure. All right, I digress. Let's go back. The bottom line is this. If you see that normal gap, sort of normal, this is what we expect. But if you see that gap widening and going outside of what you might call normal, it is a sure sign of where you are now sweating and you are getting stressed and you know now where it's coming from because generally this means you're getting refunds or high requests for refunds. And that means you better check on four things right the heck now and handle what you find. So that's what we're going to talk about today. This article is from Mr. Hubbard. It's dated the 26th of October, 1975, and it's entitled Gross Income Slash Corrected Gross Income Ratio. Now, a simple definition of the word ratio for any of you that plunk math in high school is just called the relationship in quantity, amount, or size between two or more things. It's a proportion. So you have a certain ratio. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe your corrected gross income figure is usually about two-thirds of your income, gross income figure. You know, you watch that gap. It stays about that. That's your deduction of material costs and so on. That's normal. Nothing to stress about. But uh, you see that gap starting to widen where it's now like uh, only 50% of your income figure, your corrected gross income is, you know right away you've got uh, some issues. So you want to examine the ratio between the gross income and the corrected gross income. And you will have, you know, for yourself, if you do an average, you'll have a certain normal, you know, you look at it and that's normal. But you start to see it spread and you jump on it. And here's how you do that. Okay, so uh, the article, as I mentioned, 26 October 1975, he starts out this way. He says, if you take a look at your GI, CGI graph and find it has too wide a gap, if you take a look at your refund requests, and if you find any unreasonable gap, and if you find any requests for refunds, you had better get cracking before you drown in what he refers to here as an ARC broken field. I just remind you, ARC, Affinity, Reality, Communication. These are the elements of understanding. If people are not loving you, their affinity is low. If they don't agree with you, their reality is low. If they're not communicating with you, their communication is low. We call that ARC break or broken, you know, complaints. People not taking your calls, uh, no longer doing business with you. That's an indication of an ARC broken field. And refunds are obviously 
can be an early indication of an ARC broken field brewing. You know, an upset, you could call it upset, it's almost synonymous, but it's an ARC broken, gives you more definite understanding of the circumstances. But bottom line, you have an upset field. What's a field? It's the area around you that you are typically servicing and the uh, publics in that field that you are typically servicing, you know. So if it's, you know, for instance, if you have a gym, you know, your field would be those are in your geographical area that are interested in fitness. That's your field. And if they start, you know, if there's a reputation going around that your gym has one of these things we're going to cover here, one of these four things, uh, you're looking at having an ARC broken field. Right? You're looking at the people in that community, that particular type of audience, or that's another word for public, type of audience. That particular public is no longer in ARC with you, and it's going to get harder and harder for you to, to drive business in and stay viable. Okay, but one of your, again, one of your first indicators, people are asking for their money back. All right? So... Mr. Robert says here, the causes of the gap being too wide between gross income and corrected gross income are one, write these down. Number one, non-delivery. Your organization just didn't deliver the service bought. Well, of course, that's going to create an upset. That would be one of the first things you look for. Like, okay, people are asking for refunds. Did the item get delivered that was promised? You know, if they ordered something from you that you're supposed to ship them, did they get shipped promptly? If you even have a delay on the shipping, you stand a good chance of getting a request for a refund. Okay, you know, we didn't get it. It's been now two weeks. What's the, what the devil is going on? I want my money back. That's non-delivery. Just didn't deliver the service that was bought. You know, you could sell, um, maybe you sell uh, packages of healthcare, for instance. You know, uh, you know, buy 50 visits for so much and you offer a discount. And so they do three or four visits, you know, let's say you're a chiropractor and they do three or four visits and they're not coming back and you kind of, you know, for a few weeks and you kind of go, well, you know, I guess that's, that's up to them, you know, and you're not energetic in making sure that they get all of those 50 visits. Well, don't be too shocked if in another month or two, somebody's asking for their money back. So the onus is actually on you to make sure the delivery, you got paid for it. You make sure the delivery occurs. You know, you call a guy up or you have your employees call the guy up and say, well, you know, you've got another 47 visits here. We want to make sure you get you scheduled. Doctor's got a lot of attention on you. You know, he didn't finish his plan with you. Something like that. You might even call him yourself. You might decide to get very, very busy on this non-delivery and not just sit there kind of fat and happy because, you know, we paid for all, they've paid for all the service in advance and, hey, it doesn't look like we need to deliver. Everybody seems to be okay. We're not hearing anything. You're not hearing anything. What do you want to hear? No, you get always, always, always very energetic to make sure you're delivering whatever it is that was purchased from you. All right. Don't get complacent about that. That's number one. Number two, dishonest registration. Registration is another word for sales. You know, they get registered or signed up for something. Dishonest registration. The registrar promised or salesperson promised things you didn't deliver or couldn't deliver. And did strange things or arranged oddball loans or told one and all, you can get your money back. This is what happens. We'll go into this in a little bit more detail later. But if your salespeople don't know how to sell, if you don't bother to train your salespeople, you can count on it. They're going to start creating oddball ways of selling by offering weird loans or promising people they get their money back if things don't work out. 
or promising the sun, moon, and stars that are completely impossible to deliver, you'll get into dishonest salesmanship. And that's your number two cause after non-delivery of that gap being too wide between your gross income and your corrected gross income and refunds. Okay, number three. And we're going to introduce a term. We've talked about this term before, but we're going to introduce it again. And it's PTS, which stands for Potential Trouble Sort. Okay. And he says here, PTS conditions unhandled. Well, what's a potential trouble source? It's a very precise definition. So a potential trouble source is simply someone who is connected with a suppressive person. Well, what's a suppressive person? A suppressive person is someone who is invalidating him, is invalidating his life. He's connected to a person or a group that is opposed to his uh, beingness, if you will, and his activities, and is continually invalidating that person so that they are doing fine sometimes and then lousy the next and fine and then lousy they roller coaster and um, very easy to observe uh, someone who is a potential trouble source or PTS and uh, you know doesn't usually take that much exploration to find out that they're connected with somebody who is invalidating them who is suppressing them who isn't letting them reach and succeed and so forth so that's your potential trouble source and uh, if you have that unhandled you can pretty much predict that you're going to start getting refunds. If you have it with people who are on the job, maybe you've got a you know, chimney cleaning business. This person is a PTS. He's connected with someone in their lives that is uh, doing them in one way or the other. And then they go into people's homes and they break things or they mess up the job somehow, or they say something really stupid, and you get that around, and uh, they're potential trouble source. They call that for a reason, you know, because they have a potential for creating trouble. So you see a person who's roller coastering, going up one, you know, they're up sometimes and down the next, and yeah, you've got a, a potential trouble source. You need to handle that with the person. There's different ways to handle it. Uh, we're not going to go into that right now, but the bottom line is you handle it. Even if it means, okay, unfortunately, you know, we're not going to keep that person with us. Too many mistakes, too many errors. Um, but you definitely need to handle it one way or the other. That's number three. Could also be in amongst the customers. You know, so you're bringing in too many customers that are roller coastering, and, they, you know, that's not being dealt with. You know, you might want to be very alert for that because that can really gum up the lines as well. But we're mostly talking about what's going on with your staff. All right. Yeah, they may want to be aware of this phenomena called potential trouble source, you can train them on that and you should so that your employees, your salespeople, so forth can recognize it and not be too shocked about the trouble that might ensue by working with individuals like that. Okay. So that's number three is PTS conditions unhandled. Number four, out tech. What does that mean? Out technology. Every uh, service, every product, there's a technology, there's a know-how, there's a applied knowledge that gets utilized to produce that service or product, isn't there? If you're painting houses, there's a precise technology on how to paint a house. There's sequences, there's ways you um, organize the colors, there's ways you organize the paint, there's way you, the way you organize the tools, uh, the way you, you know, prepare to paint, the way you clean up afterwards. There is technology to all these things. You know, barbershop, same thing. There's a technology to cutting hair, you know, uh, making suits, repairing automobiles, treating patients, technology. So when you say out tech, 
It means the exact technology and processes that you have prescribed for your business. Now, that role of establishing the standards of the technology within your organization is up to you. Okay. For instance, you might be in chiropractic. And so there are different techniques in chiropractic that some doctors favor over others. You, as a founder of your clinic, you are responsible for what technology is being used to service your customers. You're the goal maker. If you want to look up, goal maker in the search bar. Once again, there was an earlier episode on what is a goal maker, but you are, if you're the founder, you are the goal maker for your organization. And part of your responsibility there is to establish what is the technology we're using. If it's a sales technology, you're the one responsible for establishing what sales technology you're using uh, to sell customers. So don't neglect that part of your hat. You have to set that standard And then uh, once you set the standard and you're marketing it and it starts to become routine, this is the standard we use. And it's been, you know, at least moderately successful. We're still in business. Things are going fine. All of a sudden refunds or threaten refunds. Examine the technology. It's been changed in some way. I promise you that. Somebody's altered the, the, the prescribed technology you have prescribed as the founder and goal maker for your organization. So you want to examine that for out tech or out technology. It's tech, out means something that's not there that should be there. So you could say, you know, out communication would mean, well, there's supposed to be communication, but there is no communication. It's out communication. In communication would mean, okay, we're supposed to be communicating and we are. So that's in communication. In tech would mean your technology is in and it's being used. Out tech would mean, hey, we're supposed to be using it. We're not using it. That's out tech. So you've got non-deliveries, number one, two, dishonest registration, three, PTS conditions on handle. Don't let those drift. And four is out tech. Mr. Robert goes on to say this. If any of these conditions have been permitted to foul up your organization and let you down, then you had better get cracking. The more people there are in your area who have not been given proper service, the less new people you will get. It is a subtle way of committing suicide. This is Mr. Robert's words. The handling of each of the above items is all capital letters, very easy. This is the ironic part about this. These four causes of the gap being too wide are very easy to solve. Non-delivery, start delivering. Dishonest salesmanship, train your guys up properly. And if they continue to be dishonest, get rid of them. Just make sure your salesmanship is honest. Uh, PTS conditions unhandled, get them to straighten up their lives to get rid of them. Okay. Four, out tech, come on, establish those standards and make sure those standards are maintained. Checklists are very valuable for that, by the way. Checklist of how delivery is supposed to occur. We could do a whole podcast on that. We probably should. So um, he then gives you some examples here. We can, we'll just go over those very quickly. Uh, where you have non-delivery, you make a study of how come and who. And then he describes different positions. Normally, you'd be the person responsible for calling pe- public in for service. That could be, or the person who's responsible for delivering the service. or somebody's supposed to be checking to make sure delivery was done correctly, like a qualifications type person, or it could be just a dishonest salesman. Now, dishonest salesmanship, uh, dishonest regging is interesting. He says, regs or salesmen who have never studied big league sales, which is a recommended book from Mr. Hubbard. It was written by Les Dane many years ago. You can get hands on it. It's a great book on salesmanship. It says, uh, regs who have never studied big league sales usually can't close. So they promise the sky tell people they'll get their money back anyway, offer services only delivered in heaven, and generally muck up the scene. And then he gives this important line, very important one to remember. When you have incompetence, you generally get dishonesty. 
That applies to every area, but in particular salesmanship. When you have incompetence, you generally get dishonesty. Then he says here, dishonest regging impoverishes an org faster than fire. So he says, so why should you encourage it by letting it continue? Uh, PTS conditions on handle. There is more technology to this. I wouldn't try to get too complex on it. Um, generally, uh, if it can't be handled with, you know, some pleasant conversation, uh, getting too involved with an employee's personal life can maybe backfire. I would advise, um, we have in wise, uh, in the member only, uh, portal at wiseeastus.org. There is a 160 page workbook or, um, publication there in PDF on best practices. Uh, in the eyes of the law for dealing with employee issues. If you're a member, you're entitled to that. You should just click on wiseeastus.org, go to the membership portal, and uh, it's right there. You'll see a button for it, and you can just download it. Uh, very, very valuable. I believe it's around 160 pages. I'm not sure exactly, but it's, it's beefy. And then we issue LegalWise every month uh, with tips uh, for uh, the business owners on some of the guidelines that exist and so on. So if you're a wise member, you're getting all that. So apply that. But uh, yeah, it can get a little bit tricky. I would not hire them in the first place. But, uh, but if you do and you like the guy, then uh, yeah, do your best to help them sort it out. But don't leave it unhandled, okay? All right, out tech, Mr. Hubbard says, amongst other things, as an executive, you just don't tolerate it. You raise hell. Don't tolerate it. Be mindful of it. And when you see it, Handle it right there and then, and do not let it carry on, and you will soon have a group of technical professionals who are proud of what they do, who slap each other on the back, who, and you have customers who are glowing and super happy with you. That's what you want. You know, you want that, you want that, you know, bright, beautiful, everybody's doing great, that the guys who are delivering the service are proud of what they're doing, and the people who are receiving the service are extremely happy with what they're getting. You will only achieve that by coming down hard on even small errors. D don't, don't let them drift. That small error could be an indicator of bigger errors or could lead to bigger errors. So you jump all over anything that would be uh, deviating from the standards that you've established. And you better establish those standards or you're really not going to be able to handle it, right? He says, uh, now you can say that's a little strong because he used strong words in here, but I'm, 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 paraphrasing some of it. But he says, but I've actually stated it very weakly. You can handle out tech. The real, quote, expert, end quote, who is feeding you his excuses is only a real expert if his, if his customers are always winning. Remember that. You can handle out tech. So he says the above four, he refers to them as crimes. They really are when you think about it. Uh, they're crimes against the organization. They're crimes against the public. The above four crimes are the direct cause of the gap between gross income and corrected gross income when it is too wide or worsens. And he wraps it up by saying, get prosperous, and then all capital letters, handle these things. You can, I trust you to, L. Ron Hubbard. So it's just four things. The indicator is very simple to, to detect. You're getting refunds or you're seeing this gap grow. Jump all over those four things and you will achieve um, much satisfaction. You'll still work hard probably, but you're, you know, that's part of the game, isn't it? You really want to expand if you really want to achieve affluence. But why sweat about it? Why do the kind of work, the hard work that really isn't what you signed up for simply because these four points are out, all right? So there you go. 
uh, four things that you can uh, be alert for and handle that will make your life uh, much, much more fun and prosperous. Hope you enjoyed uh, today's episode. And uh, if you did, I would appreciate you giving us a like, leaving us a positive comment, or writing me at info at wiseeastus.org as we love to hear from you. We get lots of wins, but can't get too many. So if you feel like, well, we don't want to spoil them, so we're not going to send in our success, skip that idea, send it along. We take a great deal of pleasure in reading your wins. And we also are very alert for any problems that you're having so that we can help you solve them. All right. So write us info at wiseeastus.org. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week.